by Passion Church, the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. One glimpse into God's glory. One moment in His presence can change things forever and ever. We have to give God that space in our life. We have to make space for God because we have an enemy that's buzzing in our ear, a busy bee. He wants you busy and he wants you distracted. In fact, I was, I was witnessing to a guy in my driveway the other day. You say, do people drive, walk through your driveway every day? No, but they come to buy my cornhole boards that I sell, you know, and I often attack them. With the gospel. <clears throat> I've had more than one get saved there in that driveway. Well, anyway, this guy didn't know if he was saved or not. Didn't know if he would go to heaven or hell. So I started ministering to him the, the good news. Because we have good news, right? Yeah. And I was telling him such good news, man. I was telling him about Jesus taking away his sin and, and how it changed my life and what it would do for his life and how he can know that he has eternal home in heaven and he was, you could tell he was lighting up. He was one of those that was ready to be harvested. He was ready. And finally, I threw it on him. I said, do you want to pray and receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? He says, I do. And I ain't kidding you. As I'm standing here, the moment he said, I do, a bee blew up in his face. He's doing all this number here, and he runs like 15 feet down the driveway trying to get rid of this bee. Now, I've been living at this house 20 years, and that's never happened to me. We got friendly bees. <laughs> Seriously, we got, we got nests everywhere in the bushes and stuff, and I can trim the bushes, and they'll just fly off. They won't sting me. But this th bee was all in his face. But he came back up, and he received Jesus Christ. You know, that, that devil is a bee buzzing. He's like a lion roaring. He's always trying to distract. And we are living in a generation that's so, so distracted. I'm going to... He does a good job buzzing. I'm going to tell you that. But you know what? That's, that's why we're fixing to start a new series about our authority in Christ. Because I see... A nation distracted. I see a nation discouraged. Disheartened. Deceived. And defeated. I look around. I see all this happening. People are mentally and emotionally shell-shocked. I've never heard the word PTSD thrown around so much. People are shell-shocked. And what I see is a lot of people putting a mask on. Remember Pastor Vickers talking about the mask. Now some of the things I'm going to talk about today 
These are not things that the world does. These are things I see in the church. I don't even want to talk about the things that the world does when they feel discouraged and distracted. But we're going to talk about just some things that we do in the church and how we put that mask on. And how we won't, we won't take it off even when the presence of God is in this place. How do you think you're going to receive being all stuffed full of pride? And too prideful to lift your hands and worship the one who created you. Too prideful to say you need him. To let anybody know that you need him. These are just some things I wrote down as I, I wrote these this morning as I was thinking, as I look, not at the world, but at the church people. A stressed mess. Anxious and worried. I thought we were standing on a solid rock. We're depressed. Now there's clinical depression. That's a real thing. But we got to fight it. We can't invite it. We can't live in depression. People have lost their taste for life. They're just surviving, settling. And some of them are checking out. I see people with low self-opinion because of what's been said over them in the past. You're still holding on to things that ungodly people said by the spirit of the evil one over your life. And you have let it define you. Don't do that. God's got a better word. He's got a better word for you. I see people pretending, trying to present an image, especially on their social media accounts. Nobody ever gets honest, it seems like. Everybody's always trying to front. They put the mask on. I see people living from a well of past hurt and abuse. Now, are these things wrong? Is it your fault that you were abused or hurt? Your heart broken? But what I'm saying is you don't have to live there anymore. We're walking through the valley. We're not parking in the valley. We're not setting up camp in the valley. We're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Because his rod and his staff, they comfort me. We're not staying. We're praying. I see people immersed in a generational curse. Your daddy did it, your granddaddy did it, so you think it's okay for you to do it. I'm telling you, God is here to break the chain. 
God says no more. You are the curse breaker in your, <laughs> your lineage. I see people feeling useless, small, insignificant, and unworthy. And I tell you, look at the cross. I see people struggling with sin, living in guilt and condemnation. Can I whisper something in your ear? We're all struggling with sin. You ain't going to hear that in a lot of churches, are you? Take the mask off. Confess your sins one to another. You don't have to do it at church. But confess, learn to be honest with your sins if you're struggling. Get your accountability partner. And know that there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. For the spirit of the law of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. Somebody looked at your neighbor and said, I want to be free. I want to make a grand exchange. Just give me Jesus. I see people bound by unsubsiding grief. Somebody died. And there's a period of grief and there's a period of mourning. There's a time for everything under the sun, but not to live your life there. You're going to have to trust God through it to set you free. You're going to have to come out the other end. You can't live in grief. We have one life, and, and it's full of death. Death is the last thing Jesus will put under his feet. It is appointed to man once to die. It's a part of this existence, of this life that we have. We have to say, Jesus, help me live. Help me live. We're living in a society where we're driven to perform. People forsake all to make their numbers at the end of the month. People overcompensating. Some people say, Pastor Guy, how come you're good at everything? I am pretty good at everything. <laughs> you know why? I'm not proud of it. Because my whole life I spent overcompensating for not knowing I was a man that God called me to be. Trying to be a man. Trying to be good at everything. 
and being okay at everything, but not finding what God created me to be. Trying to be something that God has already called you to be, or trying to be something he hasn't called you to be. I don't think we're going to get very far in this message. This is my opening. Insecure and scared to soar. A lot of people scared to fail. They won't try things. Scared that they're not going to make it. That somebody's going to tell them that's not good enough. You know what I was scared of? I was scared, I was scared more of success. What if I did achieve a level of success and then they would expect me to do it again? And I know this thing, I know I can't keep this up. You know what I hear? It's a bee buzzing. It's a bee all the time buzzing. Scared to love again. Scared to commit. My heart's been broken. I'm not going through that again. <laughs> Marriage is not for me. But what if it is? What if it is? I see some people drenched in drama. Here they come again. They're going to start something. There's people they don't like. There's people they do like. They put people in boxes. They just drama, drama, drama. I see people bitter. I'm talking about in the church now. I see people bitter and unwilling to forgive. Holding people's past over them for years. You said, I forgive you. But you didn't. People get bitter in the church. Have you seen controlling people? Anybody had a controlling boss? They watch over you like a hawk. You better not do nothing wrong. They want to control every aspect of their life and everybody else's. Then there's a perfectionist. I'm a recovering perfectionist. Everything I do is right. Everything you do is wrong. You're trying to control because you feel out of control. Some people... Just look around and get up every morning and go through the motions. And they just would say, Pastor, if I'm honest, I'm just tired, boss. I'm just tired. I'm just tired. 
So what? We're going to let the devil win? All that buzzing is a lie. God wants life and life more abundantly. All that buzzing he's doing is a lie. Many of us are tempted, I wrote this, to isolate, to medicate, to regurgitate, and thus exacerbate the problem. Isolation. Well, I'm just, I just don't need anybody. I'm tired of people telling me what I'm doing wrong. I'm, I'm just going to stay with myself. I ain't talking, I ain't making no more friends. They, don't, ain't, they always hurt me. They, always, they don't ever do what I want to do. So you're just going to stay by yourself. Maybe you and your, your little sin, you'll hide out in it. I don't want nobody to know anyhow. Some people isolate. Some people medicate. Well, let me just take this and take the edge off. Pretty soon they're walking around glassy-eyed. Hey, you all right? Hey, huh, huh, what? That ain't life. I'm not saying medication is wrong. There's a time for medication. If there's a chemical imbalance, take some medication. But some of us taking too much medication. Then some of us regurgitate. You have rehashed your problems 12 times already today. When I got up this morning, my back was hurting, and I couldn't find any toothpaste. Oh, it's all just terrible. Especially your breath. Go find some toothpaste. If all you do is talk negative and talk problems, you, you have talked yourself out of what God wants for you. Please, please shut up. Now, don't look at nobody and say that, but. Isolation, medication, regurgitation. These are the devil's footprints in your life. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, accuse, divide, and tempt. He wants us tormented, miserable, suffering under the curse that Jesus already bore for us. We've been set free from the curse of the law. Jesus was made a curse. We don't have to live like that anymore. That's the devil buzzing. I have good news. We have authority over that devil. When he comes buzzing, we can knock him down and stomp on his face. How many wants to be a devil stomper up in here? How many's tired of the buzzing? My grandfather, every time I try to tell him something that he didn't agree with, I hear you buzzing there, boy. <laughs> so let's work up some faith today. You ready? I don't guess we'll get through my message, but we'll get started on it. That was my first opening. Jesus is always looking for faith. If you read the Gospels, he says, 
He was judging faith. That's little faith. Oh, that's great faith. But you know the time he said that I hadn't seen faith like this in all of Israel? Was when that Roman soldier came to him and says, my servant is at home paralyzed and in great pain. Can you come heal him? Or he said, can you heal him? Will you heal him? Jesus said, come on, I'll go with you. Let's go. He goes, wait. Jesus, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof. But I'm a man under authority. And I say, do this, and they do it. I say, do that, they do it. All you need to do, Jesus, is say the word, and my servant will be healed. And in Matthew chapter 8, verse 10, it says, When Jesus heard that, he was amazed. And turning to those who were following him, he said, I tell you the truth, I haven't seen faith like that in all of Israel. And what I want to, the point I want to try to open up today is when you understand authority, you're pleasing Jesus. When you walk into the authority that you have as a believer, that's when you faith you have faith when you have a thought when you understand your authority. I don't know if I'm saying that right. But it pleases Jesus greatly when we understand our authority. Say authority. authority. Now there's lots of types of authority. There's civic authority, there's governmental authority, 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 authority. But the authority that we're mostly going to talk about is our spiritual authority as a believer against that buzzing bee. I looked up the word authority as the power or right to give orders, to make decisions, and enforce obedience. Do you have any authority? Do you walk in authority? Do you, are you a parent? You have authority at your job. Maybe you lead here in the church in that authority. Well, I'm here to tell you, you got way more authority than you've been walking in. Way more authority than you know. So where does authority come from? What is the source of authority? What gives us the right to give orders, make decisions, and enforce obedience? What is this force out there that gives certain people authority? Well, Romans 13 tells us clearly, verse 1, everyone must submit to governing authorities for all authority comes from God. All authority. And those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. So God has all authority. Why? Because he owns it all. It's all his. He has creative rights because he's the creator. God is what we call sovereign. That's a big church word. I didn't understand what it meant for a long time. I looked it up. It says possessing supreme power and authority. There's no limit to his power and authority. He holds it all. Colossians 1.15 says Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. 
For through him God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things that we can see and the things that we can't see, such as thrones, kingdom, rulers, authorities, and the unseen world. He's done more than you even give him credit for. And everything was created through him and for him. And that includes you. You were created by him, for him. And if you're living your life in any other manner, then you ain't being who God created you to be. Your life is to be lived for him. For him. Now God's authority is absolute. I don't know why I'm trying to preach a teaching message. God's authority is absolute. Let me get my teacher voice on. Where's Nicholas? Help me with this. <laughs> and all other authority is delegated. You know what I mean, delegated? Delegated authority is always focused and conditional and responsible to the delegating higher authority. You want me to say that again? It's focused. Now, in other words, if somebody has delegated authority to you, it has a focus, it's conditional, and it must be responsible. For example, a man, the Bible tells us, is the head of the wife, but not someone else's wife. So it's focused. If he leads his wife astray from God, then his wife's first obligation must be to God. If he tries to, tell, to lead her away from God to do something ungodly, then her first obligation is to the higher authority. So his authority is conditional. Then the man will be held accountable for the stewardship of his authority in the end, won't he? So that boss you so mad at, don't worry, God's going to fix him. They don't handle their authority right. God knows. But we must be responsible. Focused, conditional, and responsible. In the garden, God gave Adam authority over the earth. You remember? How'd that work out? He said, I want you to steward the earth. The earth is the Lord's. And the fullness thereof. But I want you to steward over my possession. How many of you think that money in your bank account is yours? How many is going to stuff it in the coffin when you go? Somebody around here going to dig it up and say, where are you going to be buried? <laughs> I want to come to your funeral. All right, so I looked up the word steward. It says to manage or to look after someone else's property. 1 Peter 4.10 says that we're supposed to be good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Manifold means many levels. God's many multiple realms of God's grace in our life. We're supposed to be good stewards over it. 
So Adam didn't steward his authority well, and the devil stole it from him. And he became the little G God of this world. 1 John 5, 19 says, We know that we are children of God and that the world around us is under the control of the evil one. Now don't misunderstand me. Satan is not equal to or even a threat to God. He's just been given a little authority for a short season. The devil would like us all to think he's all powerful. He's trying to bluff us. He's buzzing, right? But he can't do anything without God's permission. He can do very little. He doesn't know the future. He can't read our thoughts. And he can't make us do stuff. Contrary to somebody said the devil did it. Made me do it. <laughs> he can't physically harm us. And he can't kill us. If he could, he would have already done it. He showed buzz like I get you, you know, and got us all bluffed. Like some big bully in junior high. He wields no authority whatsoever over an, a born-again believer. No authority. He has no authority. How much do you feel like he has over your life? That's, you must be delegating your authority to, to the devil. Because you have authority over your life. You have authority over your home. We should have, as Christians, should have authority in this nation. But we have let the devil buzz us out of it. He can't do us any harm. He just lies and buzzes until we harm ourselves, listening to his lies. John 12, 31 says, the time for judging this world has come. Now, this is back in Jesus' day. This is right before he goes to the cross. He said, the time for judging this world has come when Satan, the ruler of this world, will be cast out. When Jesus was resurrected, he openly shamed that devil. He made a public display of him, stripped him of all authority, and he took back the keys. To his creation. And in Matthew 28, 18, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, implying that we are now delegated to go with his authority. Who has authority, all authority in heaven and earth? Jesus. He's been given all authority. And he tells us, go in my authority. I know this is basic, but I think we need to hear it again. He told Peter in Matthew 16, 19, I will give you the, key, the keys. Dad, can I have the keys to the car? <laughs> sure, here, son. I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and whatsoever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. He's given us a lot of authority. And our authority comes in the name of Jesus. 
The name is the name above every other name. Just like a police officer, that badge gives him authority in the name of the city he represents. Well, our authority comes in the name of Jesus, the maker of heaven and earth. Psalms 8, verse 4. David says, what are mere mortals that you should think anything about them? He's talking to God. God, who are we? Why, why have you been so good to us? Human beings that you should care for us. Yet you made them only a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You gave them charge of everything you made, putting all things under their authority. What? And we allowing this mess to go on in the church? What? You remember my first opening? All those things going on in the church? All things under our authority. Because God's been trying to restore his, his original intention since the garden. The devil roars like a lion. He buzzes like a bee. But he's under my feet. Praise God. We outrank him. James 4, 7 says, resist the devil and he will flee. It's time somebody started resisting the devil instead of assisting the devil. First John 4, 4 says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You have the Holy Spirit of God inside of you. The creative power of the world dwells within you. The resurrection power and authority in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Preaching myself happy. Jesus told his disciples in Luke 10, 18, he says, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. We kicked his butt out. Look, I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy. How much? And you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. And nothing will injure you. You can walk through demons. You can walk through the fire. You can walk wherever you want to. Nothing's going to harm you if you know the authority that you have in my name. So why is the devil still creating such havoc in the world? 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says, Satan, who is the little G God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. Let's not let him blind the minds of us who do believe. Hmm. They're unable to see the glorious light of the good news. What's the good news? Our God is in control. He's all-powerful and has all authority. And he's given it to us. I was preaching last Saturday to the Pakistanis via Zoom call or whatever. And uh, I told them the story of the bee buzzing in my driveway because it had just happened that day or, or the day before. 
and they, they left. You know, it's hard to talk through an interpreter because you got to say something and wait for them to interpret. You don't know what he really said, and you don't know if the, the point's getting across. They read a scripture. You don't know what version they're reading it in or whatever. But I told them the story of the bee, and you, you could see them out there laughing. They elbowing each other, and they, they wanted a little humor, you know. And so I tried to throw a little story in there about something, thought, well, we'll test the waters here. I don't know if it'll, it'll be translated right or whatever. But they was laughing. And then at the end of the service, we closed in prayer and everything. And then they were saying their goodbyes. They're, some of them speaking English. And they were saying, Pastor God, we thank you for, for speaking with us today. You know, and they were talking. And they said, the, the men really love the bee story. The bee story. And I said, well, good. He says, we was at a funeral the other day. And the only unbeliever at the whole funeral, a, a swarm of bees came on him. <laughs> the fight is intensifying. The devil knows his time is short. We got two directions we can go. We can go out like a whimpering child, or we can take our authority and go out like a roaring lion. We can go out with the revival in this nation, in the church, in our families. We can take our authority. And go out strong. Psalms 118.10, I'll close. says, though hostile nations surround me, I destroyed them all with the authority of the Lord. Yes, when they surrounded and attacked me, but I destroyed them all with the authority of the Lord. They swarmed around me like bees. They blazed against me like a crackling fire, but I destroyed them all with the authority of the Lord. Is there anybody confused about who's in authority between you and the devil? Um... There's one thing that I thought about that story about the Roman. He was impressive. Faith like that, nobody had in all of Israel. God, Jesus was really impressed with the Roman. But one thing I thought about that story, he was wrong about one thing. When he says, I'm not worthy to have Jesus come under my roof. He only knew the law. He only knew the way the Pharisees and the teachers of religious law portrayed the law. But he had never met Jesus. And I want you to know Jesus makes us worthy. He has shown us how worthy we are. It was worth him coming down to the earth to be born as a man. To live a sin-free life. And to die on the cross that was reserved for us. That we might be forgiven. And his blood might cleanse us and make us new and adopt us into his own family so that we might walk in the authority of sons and daughters of the Most High God, prince and princesses. That's how much he loves us. And he wants you to come to him.
He, wants, he says, if he knocks on your door, just open the door. And I will come in and sup with you. I will come and say, what's up? <laughs> he wants a real relationship with you. The God of all creation. Since the beginning of time, he's been trying to correct the, the, the wrong of sin. The sin of Adam, the original sin, the sin nature. He came to become sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And he says, all I need you to do is trust me. Have faith. Believe I am who I says I am, that I died on the cross to take away your sins and you will be forgiven and adopted into my family. And I'll send my spirit into your heart and I will touch you with my scepter and you shall be anointed and have the authority over all the power of the enemy. And that's how you begin to change your life. Not by working harder and trying and putting on the mask. God has a plan for your life and it's time we get started. It's time we roll. It's time we get together on this thing. I talked to the men this week at the men's kickball Life group. We played kickball like little boys. I'm telling you, we're going to come together, fellas. Ladies, we're going to let y'all play next time. We're going to, we, we are going to do this thing. We're going to be joyful. All that drama, all that darkness, all those things we talked about at the beginning, it's time we step out. It's time we unloose. And walk in the authority that God died to give us. He was dying to give it to us. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that's where you place your trust. Say, Jesus, I need you. You know you've made a mess. Just give Jesus your heart. Say, Jesus, just pray with me like this. Maybe you're online right now. Say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I want to know you. I just want to know you. I want to walk with you. I want to talk with you, Lord. I want a new life. And I place my trust in you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.